the conversation with my grandpa is what sparked this whole thing. I was like, how many men in my situation, my generation in this place have like lost their fathers or their grandfathers and they didn't get the opportunity to get that wisdom, you know, to hear those stories. And then how many men in my grandfather's situation didn't get the opportunity to pass that on and to have that moment. And I was like, wow, like that's, it was so profound for me. I really wanted to create a space where we could hear those stories. And, and in that, the intention is to reveal that we may have unique lives, but we're not special in our problems and really expose the, expose the fact that we are all going through adversity. We're all have challenges and struggles, but we all do. So like the more that we share about it, we can understand that we're not alone and it'll be easier to get through. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We got a really important conversation for you guys today. I named this episode The Vulnerable Truth of Manhood because that's the kind of discussion that we had today. A lot of us men out there, this will be particularly for the men, but I think it will be very interesting for the women as well to kind of hear about this side of the conversation for you know male masculinity and how important that is these days and how we are brought up to be so over dominant in the masculine side, the alpha male, the have to do everything to impress, work hard, work hard, do all the things. And any sort of conversation about, about being hurt or pain or trauma is considered weakness. And we wanna change the conversation. So it's very important that these conversations do change and that they start to get out there more. So the vulnerable truth of manhood today, I sit down with Simon File. He is an amazing dude doing amazing things for men. Men of a younger generation, an older generation and bridging the gap between the two. He has a foundation called the Verity Foundation, which is working at empowering men with the tools that they need to discover their real manhood and to really have that well-balanced approach to being a man and how important that is in our society and helping the bridge the gap from the younger generation to the older generation so that we can learn as much as we can from the generation um, before us and we can learn from the new generation of what's going on because as we talk about it's very confusing to know what it's like to be young these days and it's changed a lot since since we were that age. So really uh, interesting conversation and Simon is actually launching when this is aired, his podcast will be launched called Timeless Talks, which will be so powerful and we are launching, we are helping him launch it. It's so exciting. Um, the process, seeing it come together has been amazing. So make sure you guys look out for timeless talks. Like I said, when this comes out, that will be live. So I highly recommend that you go check that out. So you guys, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you stay on top of it. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all the episodes, I'm going to keep delivering the goods and bringing these amazing people and exploring all areas of life where adversity shows up. Enjoy the show, everybody. And here we go. Simon, welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm excited, man. Lots happening. Lots going on. You got your podcast coming out soon, Timeless mm -hmm. Talks. You're doing amazing work, Verity Foundation. And I love what you're doing at just really bringing the awareness and the attention to very important things and what you got going on with getting yourself in the right state, you know, cold plunges and all this really powerful mindset stuff is all really what a lot of people need, especially right now. And as we were talking, 
you know, even we, even ourselves will go through these lulls, these like energy shifts mm-hmm. where we got to dig deep and we got to figure out like how we're going to get through this, right? How has it been for you lately, man? Walk us through a little bit of like, you know, I know it's been a, an eventful few months, but where you are, where are you at now and how are you feeling about everything? Thanks, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm feeling, uh, I've got a lot of things going on the go, like you said, the podcast, and we launched this nonprofit, the Verity Foundation, just this year, which is new to me. I've never, never created a nonprofit. So it's just like a lot of surprises and unknowns, which it's, it's been an amazing process to explore. I'm glad that I have like a partner in that cam and other um, good men and, and colleagues that are like supporting me and helping me along the way. But yeah, man, I feel like a little just like grass, like too much on the go right now. And it's testing my, it's testing my beliefs of my capacity. I think that's what's been coming up recently. It's just like, do, am I limiting myself because I feel like, Oh, overwhelmed or am I actually bigger than this? Or can I expand and take on more? So that's kind yeah. of this dilemma I've been facing. Yeah. It's, it's real, man. Like, <laughs> this shit is real stuff that we're going through and it's, it's really, you want to do so much, you know, you want to get things where they want to be yet, you know, it can be so draining Mm -hmm. and like, how do you recharge that energy? How do you keep that passion alive? You know, it's, 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 it's a constant balance. Like, what do you do? Like, let's say right now you're struggling in a day Mm -hmm. and you know, you're, you know, we hit that point where we're just like, man, like, I don't know what, how am I going to get through this? You know, what yeah. are some of the things that help you get through that? A big shift for me, especially in the last year has been this uh, mindset of like, what's running, what's running the show in my life? Is it my, mm-hmm. is it my feelings and the circumstances? Because that's always shifting, you know, or is it my commitments? And that's where I've been like, keep bringing myself back to what am I committed to? Whether that's, Right now, it's been like getting up at six and going to the, in for ocean plunges every day at six thirty. And wow. I get up in the morning, the alarm goes off, and I'm you know my feelings come up, and they're like, "Dude, you were up late, or you worked hard last night. Just sleep in a little bit longer. Like you you've done it for X amount of days consecutively. Just take a day off." And I'm like, "Well, no, my commitment's choosing." And then I get up and I go, even if I don't feel good, and I do it. And then afterwards, I feel this inner strength, like trust and confidence for myself that and the more that I build that, whether it's doing exercise or going the ocean plunge or following through with something that I said, like honoring my commitments has been the biggest shift that gets me through the more of the chaos of life because I know that that's stable. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm really thinking about that because I've been talking about this a lot and how important it is to commit to getting up early. Mm-hmm. Like how important that is. And that's one thing I just got, a, I got out of a call about this, about this being one of the hardest things in my life right now. Yeah. And something so simple on paper for me, it's been a big struggle. It's like, I'm going to get up at this time. It's been 5am is the goal that I want really badly. And for some reason there is this resistance. And I know that when I get up at that time, I know that the things that get done in those three hours from five to eight create this day that is just nothing can stop me, you know? But for some reason, that comfortable bed, that snooze button seems to take over and it really messes with my whole day. And that has been such a struggle, especially when you like you don't have a boss saying you got to be here at this. It's like, oh, I could sleep a little longer. I could do this. And it's mm-hmm. like setting that message for yourself. It's okay to kind of slack here, slack there. And like for yourself, having a cold plunge, that's like an ultimate. Getting up is one thing and then, and then saying, I'm going to this cold water because I'm going to be in charge of my day. Like that's powerful, dude. That's powerful yeah. stuff. Thanks, man. It, had, it has been super powerful in my life. And again, um, just to touch on what you were saying, uh, coming back to the commitments and when you ask yourself like, what are you committed to, mm. right? Are you committed to getting up in the morning or are you committed to, you know, rewarding yourself with sleeping in? And not all our commitments are these like grand things, but there's 
we are everything that we do, especially our habits, are commitments of some sort that we have with ourselves. So breaking that habit, to break that habit, we need to create a new commitment. And sometimes it's it's the flip side. Like if you always sleep in, then yeah, setting a time and then getting accountability people in your life, they're gonna like hold you to that. That's that's been the biggest like success trap for me is in a community of men like we have with the Very Foundation, we create accountability buddies. So it's like, hey man, this is my goal for this month. I'm gonna push my limits. And then you have somebody like texting you at five in the morning or bugging you at night, being like, hey man, are you are you gonna do it tomorrow? Are you committed? And then it it takes it's like, yeah, I'm not in this alone. I don't just have to fight fight this inner battle all the time. I got other men, other people in my life like holding me up to my greater vision of myself. Right. Which is a burden that most of us try to take on on our own, which man, it is hard. Yeah, it really is. And we feel sometimes that we have to do it our own because it's more manly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. You know right. what I mean? That program, yeah. like, I don't want to ask for help because I can do it myself. I got this. <laughs> I got this. Which on the, on, when we all know nobody's got it, like none of yeah. us know what we're doing. No, exactly. The more I learn, the more I know I don't know shit. That's the yeah. thing. <laughs> and that's freeing. Yeah. So let's let's go back, brother. For for those just learning about you now, I know for myself, I wasn't always on this this journey of like awareness and learning and personal growth. And I don't know about you, but maybe take us back to the beginning. Walk us through a little bit about growing up. And maybe during that time of growing up. What was one of the biggest struggles you faced that now you can say had the biggest impact on your life? Hmm. Good question. So I grew up in Kelowna, BC, the Okanagan, and in a rural setting, which was amazing as a child. I grew up, I have an older sister and my mom and dad, we lived in this house uh, in the orchard and I had endless acres to like explore in and close friends and, um, yeah, I had a, like a big friend group when I was young of neighbors and we all explored and got into trouble together and had little adventures. And I always look back on that time. Like I really honor that time of my life mm-hmm. and cher- and cherish it and, and its memories. And I noticed that I'm trying to recreate that more in my life, like brothers and good friends and adventures. And yeah, back then I just, um, I grew up in a very rural setting, had lots of friends. And when I, my family was, healthy we we explored a lot went camping and behind the scenes my family was sort of um falling apart like my my dad was kind of the typical program that we were talking about where his life was falling apart his business was falling apart he didn't know what to do but he wasn't strong enough or didn't have the tools to communicate and ask for help so he lost his business which made us move and then the relationship between my mom and him fell apart when i was about 12 and I was actually walking on the street with my friend to the store to get some candy or something. And my dad pulls up in this car full of stuff and he's like, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm moving out. And it was a oh. huge surprise for me. I just did not know how to take it. You know, yeah. I was with, for one, I was with a friend. So how I old were you at this time? I was 12, 12. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so he moved on and that was a, that was crushing for me. Um, mm. I didn't, I didn't see it coming and that, that took a big hit like that was the moment where I'm like, okay, damn, like maybe my parents don't fully like have it together and, and they're not fully taking care of me. So then I started, you know, getting more into trouble and staying out late and got, I got into drugs and alcohol really young around that age, 12 to 13. And then, yeah, I just started uh, rebelling, especially towards my parents and really became this performer in my group of friends where I was, drinking and doing crazy stuff like backflips off of the roofs of houses and just always elevating to get attention and I almost almost killed myself a few times like not on purpose but just seeking attention doing crazy things drinking too much and yeah my dad around 14 or 15 tried to commit suicide and that was a, again a big wake up call just like another level of life was revealed to me like, wow, this has really happened. Like people can get to that place. And I was angry at him, very angry at him. I didn't trust him and I didn't understand why he would do that. 
And then I, yeah, I felt like that was a, the pivotal moment was having my dad leave and then being, being a very young adolescent, like between 13 to 16, living with my mom and having to take on a lot more responsibility than I think uh, someone that age should. And uh, not having any mentors or guide and guidance in my life, like that were really positively pushing me. So I just went off the hook with drinking and, and addiction. Oh man, that's, yeah, it's a very, those teenage years, man, are so, are so challenging. You couldn't pay me enough money to go back to those days. <laughs> yeah. Like I was the same, you know, divorce, parents moved across the country. Like, dude, there's just so much emotional shit going on in our, in our lives at that time. And we're trying to like figure out who we are or not, man, we're not, we're not kids. We're in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, who are we? Like, what, am, why are we doing what we're doing? If you don't have like a role model or if you don't have something, then it's easy to get lost in the trouble. And I, I was fortunate because I, I played hockey at that time, but I was still going through tons of shit in my teen years that I just, I could, like I said, I could never go back to that, man. Yeah. But that had such a, such a profound effect later on that I didn't realize. Like, what about for you? Like now looking back, how much did that, because you don't think about it when we were like 19, 20, 21, 22, like, it's like, oh, wow, that happened. But like, I don't know it we don't really care about trauma and that conversation, but now it's like, Whoa, shit. Like that stuff is like, that really can affect you later on. Yeah. And it's really happening at that age. Like for a lot of us, like I felt I did not, I know that I was seeking help and there was like a lot of call out in my actions to help. And I too, I was an athlete. I played very competitive soccer and there, there was some key, like my coach, some key men in my life that, were looking out for me in a, in a way, but they weren't involved or like they didn't have enough reach to really get to me mm. and not having that. Yeah. caused me a lot of suffering. And I think looking back, especially on that note of not having mentors or like that healthy masculine uh, role model in my life, that's what's, that has, is what has ignited and inspired me to do the work that I'm doing now. It's like, how can we, you know, as a, as an organization, the Verity Foundation or me as an in, in individual support um, our younger generation of men and prepare them for life because that never happened to me and it didn't, doesn't happen in a, in a healthy way. So like, what can we put into place that really helps prepare men for manhood? You know, like yeah. we're still learning today. I'm, I'm 37 years old and I'm, you know, realizing all the areas that I'm still a boy and like a hurt boy and and then other areas that I'm stepping it up and becoming a man, but no one's ever laid that out in front of me and being like, this is what it looks like, you know, in your relationships, in your career, in your health to be a responsible, you know, yeah. masculine man. Yeah. And I, I think that we can really streamline our evolution if we band together and, and talk about our problems and help both ends of the spectrum, our seniors and our youth connect and learn together. Like, yeah. What do you think is the reason why we're in, why it's like that in the first place? Is it, is it too much pride in discussing? Cause is it like the over masculine man too afraid? Like we have to be this way or we're weak. Is that, is that why that, is that, is that, is that where that happens? That's a big part of it for sure. Is this, uh, I mean, look at our, all our superhero role models are like the one man show, right? Yeah. They, they can do it all alone. Oh, so yeah. we were taught from very young age, like what the superhero looks like. He figures it out. He goes through the problems. He fights evil alone. Nobody, he, he has a different identity during the day. Nobody sees the work that he's doing or the struggles or the battle with evil that he's having. Right. He mm-hmm. presents as Clark Kent and he's usually successful on the outside and people respect him. So holding it, we're taught very young. I'm not just saying that's our only influence, but we're taught very young that uh, a real man, a strong man has to hold it together and present well. And we don't share or expose the truth or, or the, our battle with evil. Yeah. Evil. Right. And so that we, so then we take on this complex of, 
I got to figure this alone. Or we believe that our problems are unique to us. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the only one that has, you know, difficulties with this or depression or addiction or intimacy, you know, or communication. So we, we figure, we think we can figure it out alone. And that's what like ends up the consequence to that is we, we don't have support from people that have very similar experiences. And then it leads to either burnout or breakdown or, you know, suicide. Like those rates among men are the highest they've ever been. And they're the highest among any other demographic. Yeah. So yeah, I, I truly believe that the, it's the, all of the mental health issues, like singling them out, can be effective if we're trying to isolate it. But I I really believe that the issue is um, acknowledging it, admitting that we're dealing with something and and finding community to relate with. Because every time, man, it's so powerful. Every time we create a a circle of men or a group of men and someone shares a story about anything they're going through, like 80% of the room can put their hands up and be like, I deal with that too. And once you see that reflection, it's like, a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. That open dialogue of people to open up. That's important mm-hmm. because you're right. A lot of people think, well, nobody's gone through this. So we beat yeah. ourselves up like as if we're different. But then when you realize, oh shit, everybody. And that's what I realized with this show too. You know, yeah. I, I got a crazy story, but then I realized, wow, there's everybody's got a crazy story. <laughs> like It's like, and it's, it's almost better. For, it, it helps you heal as well because yeah. you talk about it. And then you realize, ah, oh, you know, it's part of this. Is this is the this is the simulation of life that we're in, or whatever you want to call totally. it. Totally, yeah. It's think like, of it as an example, even with the like internal dialogue that we were talking about in the beginning about, uh, I don't want to get up in the morning, right? Yeah, you're doing that alone. The more that you talk about that, the less power you give it. Mm. Right. The more we talk about our fears of being rejected or of looking like an idiot or you know being bad at in bed like the more that we just talk about stuff that we're experiencing and get emotionally detached from it as if that's what creates us or that's who we are then we can move through it but the the when we hide it we drag it along everywhere we can't get away from it yeah that's so true it's it's anything it's like anything your fears anything that's stored in you know trauma it's like you have to face it and feel it for it to for it to go away otherwise it'll just linger there it'll just like it'll just mess with you and you know and then that's that's where the toxic behaviors come in too to like mask that trauma in your subconscious right like you got to get the external thing to to try and fill the void of whatever that is Mm -hmm. that hasn't been that hasn't been um dealt with yet yeah and that's what you see everybody around everybody's I got to go drink. I got to go do drugs. I got to watch porn. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's constantly, I got to buy this, buy that. It's like to fill something that never is the thing that they're actually, that thing is never going to give anything to you. Except for reaffirm the guilty feelings that you have for doing them, right? Yeah. Like usually, I know from my own experience, whether it's with addiction or porn, like you, you go down that road and then you feel bad for it. Yeah and guilty and then you keep the pattern going and it's reaffirming your belief of your own unworthiness yeah that's so true so you're in this loophole that is yeah. like totally not serving you which you keep telling yourself that it's a reward because you get like a split second relief from the burning challenge that's that's arising yeah yeah and it's we're we're just so programmed to believe that that discomfort that we're feeling needs to be masked with something like yeah. instead of just feeling it and working through it, you know, and that's been a realization for me within the last year, especially um, the last couple of years, but really this year has been, you know, going the deep into meditation and the breath work and that kind of stuff to really process the, the emotional side of it, the energetic side of it, and allow it to move through. It's hard. Breath work, I've only done breath work really two or three times. I know like Julian and you guys do it a lot. It's like that for me really hit me hard, bro. Like yeah, breath man. work, breath work, you guys listening out there, 
this is this will be the one of the most humbling experiences if you haven't done it. I highly suggest you do it. And like, man, I I remember the first time I did it, Aubrey Marcus put us through one. I was in his mastermind and he he put us through this uh what was it called? I think it was uh I forget. But dude, I was crying, man. Like mm-hmm. I was my dad showed up, you know. I was like, I went to this place where my whole body was numb and then like I saw him and I was like, I went, I was just sobbing like a five-year-old kid, man. And I was like, cause I, I still feel like I had never got the last chance to really express myself to him before he passed so suddenly and stuff times like that with the, with the breath work, I was like, just, I, it was something that had to happen. I had to face it. And like, it was just such a, just to be able to breathe, bro, to be able to get yeah. that in the human body, to be able to get to that state is, is mind blowing. Mind boggling. Like, like our capacity is insane. Yeah. Right? Like the intrinsic wisdom our bodies have and what we're capable of. Like I, I totally second that motion to all of you. Like breath work is something you should all explore. It's, yeah. op- it's, man, for me too, it's opened me up like beyond explanation. And um so grateful for those practices because they kind of do take you, they are a portal through time and they allow, they bring up all of our, our hidden stuff so that we can see it. They bring it up so that we can actually witness it and, and then realize how it's affecting us. Yeah. It's and all- I, I agree on that work. Like I got into personal development work and this kind of spiritual journey 12 years ago now. Um, oh, wow. You've been in it for a while. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I've been in it and exploring just different assets and like totally taking the pendulum shift from, you know, being a blue collar guy that was in construction, working hard, you know, drinking lots, not, not focused on growth. Um, and then pendulum shift to like, you know, guy living in yoga pants with no, no shoes for six months in the jungle and exploring like meditation and breath work and spirituality. And, and now I'm kind of like, you know, resting in that middle place where I'm exploring both worlds at the same time. Probably makes you better at your blue collar job though. Yeah. Like the connection, you know, like with the breath work and stuff is, I, I believe it's all about connection to ourselves and seeing ourselves for the, vastness that we are like all of us all of ourselves we get to witness and and you get that connection to ourselves and and to spirit but it also allows you to connect more with others because you can empathize that they're they're just trying to figure this thing out called life also and they're you know learning through mistakes and taking on trauma and holding on to things as well so once you understand that that you're not the only one that has these issues and everybody does then you can, you have this empathy and compassion and you can relate more like you telling a story, you know, you've told me a few stories about your history and it, as soon as I feel that and I can relate, then it's like, it expands our relationship. Yeah. It's so true. That connection of, of you're just like me. I'm just like you is powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when it comes to like deep stories, you know, like losing my brother to suicide was like, was was one of those things that for me really shifted a lot for me because it got very close to home like that doesn't happen to people normal mm-hmm. people that happens to like the other people in the movies or something and like it's an issue and with and with you know now when i hear somebody's gone through that or something like that it's like oh okay you know i know the feeling mm-hmm. because before i went through it sometimes i would be like it was hard to imagine. And then when you've gone through it, it's like, Oh, okay. I've gone through it. It's, it's really. And like, we were talking about father figures, you know, that is so important because my dad had my younger brother with another lady and she just wouldn't let my dad be in his life. She made our lives talk about my teen years. She made our lives a living hell. She, like it was hell. It was out of a movie. I'm going to write a, it'll all be in my book one day, man. But yeah. Like, he married a woman with four kids, had another kid, went from just me and him to that. It was just a nightmare. And she just, when he split up with her, he, he made, she did everything she could to not, to drive my dad out 
So my brother just grew up without any solid foundation. And just what you guys, this is why I'm so connected to what you're doing with Verity Foundation, because talking about these teen years, because it's so, it's so vital. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have that. And there was none of that. Like he wasn't allowed to have the role model. And I mean, my dad loved, was a great guy, but like, I don't think he was, he even knew the best on how to be the best role model either from yeah. what he was taught. But my brother didn't have the opportunity that I did with my dad. And he unfortunately never got to be the one that got over the hump. You know, he decided that was the choice at the time. And that's unfortunate. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it doesn't have to be that outcome for everybody. And I think that's why what you're doing in those years and bridging that gap and, and really the teen years are the most important. They're just so important. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like to be as a teenager now. I don't know what it's like in school. I don't know if it's changed. I see these kids on these devices nonstop. I don't know, man. I, like, it scares me a bit, but at the same time, I don't know. Right. And like, that's the question is like, how many friends do you have that are under 20? Not many. Yeah, me either. <laughs> and that's how many friends do you have that are over 60? Not many. Right? Like, I, the more that I've been diving into this work and, and really learning that our history comes from like a village raising the children. Yeah. And we've grown up in this contained little environment where it's like, that's what a man is. That's what a woman is. And you learn, you learn, you learn. And then it's like burst out of the world. Everybody's had this isolated experience. So everyone's like judging and comparing and being like, you know, I want to be like that or, oh God, that's not the way to do it. Versus like really learning. And I, I want to be, um, I definitely want to be in a position where I can mentor more uh, boys and men uh, of, of the youth generation um, mm. and the other spectrum. Because I think that if your uncles and your father, as well as the community can accept more mentors and more examples, then we can really learn and have a dynamic, um, dynamic upbringing. You know, because we've, I've had to do a lot of work to like shed those traumas and shed some of the conditioning and I'm still working through it because it runs so deep. But if the village is open and you have a community, I truly believe of a multi-generational community that's bringing wisdom and life experience, then you have more choices and opportunity to learn. Yeah. Anytime you can have the conversations, yeah, just open it up. And I've said it millions of times on this podcast and how much it's helped me in my life. This has completely changed my life. And you'll see, man, as you get going with the podcast, dude, it's like, it's, it's its own animal. It's its own beast. Yeah. Like you get to have these conversations and you get to have them over and over again about important things and how you feel after you it constantly that's happening over and over. And you're just like, wow, I'm changing. I'm becoming this. And, mm-hmm. and hearing how similar we all are, man, like yeah. we are all similar, you know, I've been the, 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 from the most successful people, you know, to whoever they've all gone through something and they've just been able, they're a little further along. They're no different. They're so similar, but when you break down that pedestal and you come down to the human level, we're all so similar and we're all scared little boys or girls yeah. that are like just trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Totally. Yeah. Man, that was a, like that point right there hit home for me so hard about, um, five years ago. So I went, I went 12 years without speaking or seeing my dad. Mm. And, um, wow, that's a long time. Yeah. So long. And through that time, I was like, had tons of resentment and anger towards him for not showing up as a man and as a leader and guiding me and supporting me. You know, I was like pissed off because I had to figure this out all out on my own and I had no idea what I was doing. So I, ha- I, I was the victim being like, I can blame this guy, um, for my life and not take responsibility. And, and when I realized that, and I was like, whoa, this is just another like hurt boy, you know, that's trying to figure it out and doesn't know what he's doing. And he had a horrible example as well. Like once I saw him for that, it brought a new form of forgiveness and compassion. I had never felt, I was like, you know, weeped 
for him. And I reached out to him and we connected and like, I noticed that I'm, I took on more of a responsibility role in the relationship, but I was okay with that. I'm like, that's where I'm at. That's the gift I get to bring to this relationship. And I, I get to allow him um, to connect with me, you know, wherever he's at. Yeah. Cause he was just doing his best for what he, what he had. Yeah. And even if he like, isn't trying, you know, to connect or he's like stuck in addiction or self pity or whatever it is, it's like, that's where he's at. And if I don't love him for that, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not embodying the message I'm trying to give through all the work that I'm doing. And it's like the more that we can forgive and just accept people for where they're at, you can't change them. And all we can do is keep shedding love and support and showing up, you know, and that goes back to the capacity conversation. It's like, I'm sure you've experienced this when you get pushed to the limits and you realize like, wow, I can do more than I ever thought I could, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. Like, you probably had no idea what that would entail and how much work it would, would undergo. Yeah. You'd have to undergo. And then it's like, wow, I can do this much more. Like I'm going to start a nonprofit organization. Like, boom, I'm going to support this person through their emotional distress. Like we keep expanding, but the, the, what I'm going on a rant here, but what holds us back from um, expanding even more and growing our container and being able to achieve our dreams is that, we don't take the time to cleanse and clear the, the container. Yeah. So we have all these negative habits and stuff that take up space, but we want, we want all these things. We want our you know, dream house, our dream career, our dream relationship, but very little, a very little percentage of us actually do the work to like cleanse and clear that stuff and the traumas and the baggage out of the way. So we can allow and invite in the, the world and the life that we want to call into call forward. Mm. Yeah. You got to get rid of the old to let in the new, right? It's mm-hmm. like, and you got to do the work. Yeah. And I, I, I like what you said earlier because what you said is basically the definition of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Unconditional love is, is acceptance of where someone's at. Right. And you have to be able to love somebody for where they're at, not for where they, how good they could be or where they're going to be. It's like, where are they now? Yeah. That's unconditional love. And like, there's too much of this. Well, I see the potential. I love them when they're there. It's like, no, like that's where they are. But the only way for them to grow to the next level is by accepting and loving where they're at right now. That's the only way, even though you want to be able to like push them, you know, kindly push them that way, which I mean, obviously you want to encourage people, but like you need to be able to fully accept them for where they're at. And I wish like, that's such a powerful thing that you have with your dad, man. Like that's such a powerful thing. Like now looking back, like I wish I had that opportunity. Yeah. And we've gone back and forth over the last few years where again, he'll, he'll disappear, you know, and I don't hear from him. I don't he doesn't have my, lose my phone number or whatever. And I'm like, man, where is this guy? And then we'll connect and I have to go through it all over again. Right. Uh, But Going back to what you said about the unconditional love, I feel like it's very challenging for us to fully express and feel into that for someone when we're not doing it for ourselves. Like we usually only love ourselves. It gives ourselves like self-love when we feel like we've done, done well or done. We're good. We're good boys, you know? And like when we attach ourselves to like how we're doing and, and, and we think that how we feel about ourselves is like our identity. Yeah. You know, we are, we're not unconditionally loving ourselves. Uh, so it's really hard to show up and do that for someone else because you make a mistake and you hold that grudge against yourself for days. Yeah. You know, we have a slip, whether it's again with addiction or whatever, our habit. And we're like, and we, and we actually punish ourselves by not continuing with the good behaviors you know, like yeah. we, it's, it's our mindset is crazy around self-love and punishment. Yeah. Dude, I've been super hard on myself lately. Like, mm-hmm. and people always say that you're so hard on yourself and uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I am, and you're right. Like we have to be able to give our, cut ourselves some slack and give ourselves some grace. Right. 
And the love we have for ourselves is the love we're going to see in other people. Everything mm-hmm. that we do for ourselves is going to be a reflection of everything else. You know, and man, especially right now, lately, like, there's just been, it's crazy. And, you know, where, where you think you should be or where you want to be or where in the past you didn't get to. So now you need to make up for it here. And you're still like this self-talk is like, you know, it's, it's really, it's really challenging, man. You know, like it's, it's no joke. And I don't have the, uh, yeah, I don't have the, the recipe for it. I think it's just, it's really taking the time to do the things that, that can, that light you up and make you happy or slow you down. Right. Like, what are your thoughts on that these days? Like you beat yourself up a lot. I, I am very competitive with myself so that on one hand that let lends really well to like the commitment conversation. Like I connect with this warrior energy very um, naturally. So it's like, I'm going to do 60 days straight in the ocean. Like that's not easy, but that's That's like hard, bro. It's hard to do, but it's easy for me to like get the motivation to do that because I'm like, Oh, I like pushing. But for me to be like, okay, man, your body's feeling a little bit like under the weather and you've been working out lots, like you need rest for me to like take a back seat and really sink in. That's hard for me. So like, that's where I need to be like, okay, you don't need to always uphold this bar. Um, and like, uh, energy of in, like intensity. That's so the, that's the athlete in you. Same, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is like I, I love that energy. Like yeah, I feed, off, feed off of it, but it's also um, I'm trying to bring it back these days to what's effective and what's ineffective. Yeah, and that energy is really effective for getting stuff done, but it's not. It's ineffective for like rest and recuperation and regeneration, and um, I'm noticing that big time. Imagine what that would be like in sports if you could do it again. You know, I, I think about hockey and I think about, you know, having how important that is at, at the whole picture, getting through the hard times and coming off a loss and, you know, not beating yourself up, but still having the drive to perform and compete, but then still being able to, you know, kind of be able to let it go mm-hmm. and to know that that's gone now. That's it. And there's just so many things now that I know that I'm learning. I'm like, man, that would have been useful when I was playing hockey because it's a, the, the margin of error is so small, you know, like, and there you go. That, that is the gold that you could be and could, and you could be and get to pass on to other boys in that position. Like those things where we're like, Oh man, if I could do that differently, it's like, there's a million other guys that are doing it the same, like right now and just before now that you could influence. And like that, that's where this like community uh, actually integrated and intentional community comes in because if, whether it's hockey or self-talk or addiction or um, health and nutrition, like we know so much and we're, we're not giving that, to the youth we're not giving that we're not passing that on until like i didn't get jump ahead i didn't get really like direct wisdom from my grandfather my my elders until they were on their deathbed Mm -hmm. and i had this beautiful conversation with my grandpa uh, when he was in his deathbed and i asked him questions like what his biggest regret was and uh, what advice he would have for me as a young man when my age like about to have a start a family and what made him the happiest throughout life. And he gave me gold. And it's like, you know, that a lot of that, it was perfect for the moment, but like um, made me really think of how much wisdom he had to share and could have, you know, touched many more men. And then, and then look at that on a bigger scale and think of like every other guy and woman and, and, and you know, goes, expands across genders and races and everything but like everybody has this wisdom they could share if we weren't so um taught and conditioned to uh contain it and hide it yeah i mean when you're saying that i'm just thinking like how much i i do want to like get back into like that 
that that youth of like you know the te- like the teens like i that's what i plan on like speaking to these athletes you know you just mm-hmm. totally lit up something that i hadn't thought about in a while so thank you for that because that's what these conversations do it's like yeah man we got to be able to share that because holding that in is robbing them of the medicine that they need mm-hmm. and i believe i could get across to people and that's the thing it's like it's the delivery like how what makes these kids listen versus tune it out you know i've always wondered it's like some people can get the message across but i remember when I as a teenager somebody would talk and there'd be certain people i'd be like yeah whatever but then mm. there's certain ones that i'm like i'm gonna listen to this person you know yeah and it's so challenging at that age because you think you know it all mm-hmm. like you really do you really believe i know it all that guy doesn't know shit like, yeah but it's like i think if they can, re- if you can relate to them and you can get on their level, then they will listen. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's what I find to be a challenge, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. Even think now though, like if a senior man was in the room being like, you guys don't work hard, you got to do this, you got to do that. Like, you know, would we listen? Right. Like, uh, I think that the, the trick is to ask the questions and have the conversation and treat everybody like, they're part of it, not just, Hey, I know here's the information. You better do something about it. It's like, it's like asking them the question because they need to understand it from their position. They're not going to understand it from our position. Right. So how do we, how do we get the youth involved and in the conversation so that we can relate? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Because I don't know what's going on these days. (laughs) I, I have like, no idea. I feel like I'm 65 compared to yeah. that. I have so many judgments. I feel too. like I'm 18, man. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I'm, th- I'm the same age as you. We're both 83. So I'm turning 37 in September. It's like, yeah. It feels like I'm a teenager, but I'm like, wait a minute. You're not, you're not a teenager anymore. <laughs> no, I know, man. Talking with friends of like me and my buddy, a really close friend and business partner now. Uh, we knew we met each other when we were 14 and we'll be talking. It's like, well, that's over 20, like yeah. over 20 years. Like that just doesn't land. It's hard to com- compute. Yeah. Like if you hear like 1995, for instance, <laughs> like that was what, 25 years ago. Yeah. 25 years ago. Like I remember like it was yesterday, like 1995, 97. Like it seems like, yeah, that was just the other day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It was just then. What, so I wanted to ask you, and I didn't want to like go off that, but I want to ask you, what did your, what did your grandpa say? What was his, what what were the answers? I think this is gold. Oh man. His biggest regret was his anger. Oh wow. Um, And it was like that he would let his anger get the best of him. So he always would like get frustrated and angry over nothing and never, he pushed people away and it like, distanced him from his family and and people that were close to him. That was his biggest regret. Hmm. And uh, his biggest advice, the advice that he gave me was not to remember to always have fun. And at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, everybody says that. But then after I started thinking about it more, what he was saying was like, fun is a choice in every moment. And and we are choosing our lives and our life's direction or a path always like constantly. And if we can remember like, Hey, have fun with this. Even if it's hard, if it's like to persevere, like get emotionally responsible so that you can detach from the feelings and like have fun and be curious about life. Mm-hmm. Because man, my grandpa went through, he had nine siblings, um, four or five of which were brothers that all went to the war. He like ran a farm um, from when he was very young and like got in a crazy um, fire accident when he was young and just like tons of lived. He lived to be 94. It was like a a huge life that he lived and to have three pieces of wisdom from him. That's like a gift that I'm going to continue to pass on because it actually really meant a lot to me because, and and I asked this in the timeless talks podcast, I'll ask uh, like what, what seniors we've interviewed say, I'll ask, I'll ask the generation or the speaker that I'm talking to. And they'll be like, 
how does that land for you? Like, do you, does anger still have a grip in your life? Because the after, a man that lived 94 years on his deathbed was like telling us directly to not let anger win, to not get hooked on anger. So how do you see it showing up in your life? And is fun a priority for you enough that you choose it daily? You know, that's, that's what I got out of it. Dude, that's so powerful. I'm just thinking about it. Like I have to reflect on that myself for a minute. It's like, cause I, you know what I think it is too, because fun, here's my, what's coming to me. I feel like people tie up fun as in like being a slacker or something like mm-hmm. some sort of like, if you're having fun, then you aren't working hard. And that's kind of where, that's kind of how I was raised. Like, it's like the George Costanza sort of thing. It's like, act like you're working hard and you're, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm busting my hump. I'm, I'm working hard. And it's like, oh, he must be really working hard. He's upset, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. like it's like, oh no, if you're having fun, you must be slacking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the programming that I had growing up. It was like, you better, like, so <laughs> I've even, I even used to do it in the bars. I'd pretend I'd get in a bad mood. I'd be like, yeah, me too. Hard. And then it's like, and then if you're, and if you're like happy and joking, people are like, oh, you're a slacker. You're like, what? No, I'm not. I'm just, right? So it's like, yeah. that's, it's such a weird way that we think about things like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I trans, transformed it into a, like curiosity. Like I feel like yeah. that having curiosity and for adventure and for the moment has really allowed me to have more fun in my life. Yeah, man. It's, it's so important. Let's let's talk a little bit more about timeless talks. So, what is your vision with this? Because I think it's such an awesome idea, dude. Like, so good. And the people you guys are going to get on, the people you're having on, and you know, what is your vision for that? You know, like I know that you want to bridge the gap between the youth and and like the older generation. But like, what do you see? Walk us through what you see happening and what you really want to impact. Yeah, man. Thank you. So the, it's interesting this all came up because the conversation with my grandpa is what sparked this whole thing. I was like, how many men in my situation, my generation in this place have like lost their fathers or their grandfathers and they didn't get the opportunity to get that wisdom, you know, to hear those stories. And then how many men in my grandfather's situation didn't get the opportunity to pass that on or to have that moment? And I was like, wow, like that's, it was so profound for me. I really wanted to create a space where we could hear those stories. And, and in that, the intention is to reveal that we may have unique lives, but we're not special in our problems. And really expose the, expose the fact that we are all going through adversity. We all have challenges and struggles but we all do. So like the more that we share about it, we can understand that we're not alone and it'll be easier to get through. And my, I would say the biggest mission of the timeless talks is to, yeah, yeah. It's to bridge the gap and create a a community. But I really see that working as like in a grander scale We're we're having conversations on as a podcast and really, getting to understand each generation and different men in, in different ways. But on a bigger scale, it's to actually bring men together in person and like have those relationships. Like I, I would, man, in five years, I would love to ask you those same questions I did earlier and have you say, I've got six or eight friends that are in the senior generation and I've got 10 youth, you know, guys that I see, you know, monthly and we all hang out or like, like expanding our, our community of, of men and, and humanity and our, our relationships to a point where we are understanding what they're going through and able to serve them more effectively. Because either you or me could answer what the youth are going through. What are their top three struggles right now? You know, I can assume they're similar, but we don't know because we're not connected. So there's a huge lack of connection. And we're all making assumptions, trying to deal with it from, you know, the, from the seat. But I really want to, I really want to create these conversations and create this community that's learning from each other so that we can act, so we can evolve 
and not all have to run through the same challenges and stories. Because if we're all having to learn the same things over and over again, like it's going to take us a lot longer to evolve. What would be your first, like, what would be like the main or like, what would be like the number one question that you're most interested in asking like a younger generation? Cause I'm trying to think like what I would ask right now. Like, yeah. What would you ask them? Like, what would be I'm trying to think <laughs> I, like, I wanted, I would just ask them, like I would ask you, man, I would be like, Hey, what's like, tell me about your life. Yeah. Right. What, uh, what's, do you have a community of men in your life or do you have a lot of friends? What's that like? Mm. And then I would start asking questions like, what's the biggest, like, do you relate to any mental health issues? Like, do you have depression? Do you have any of these um, challenges in your life? Yes. And then I'd be like, well, yeah. Are you open to talking about it? Because I do. This is how that shows up for me, Mm. you know? And also, like, I definitely would ask them, like we ask all our guests is, what advice do you have for me? What do you see that's keeping men of my age apart from you? And the answer we've been getting is they don't feel respected. Interesting. So, so I would ask them what they need because I'm trying to serve them. And right. that's, the, that's the most effective way to serve somebody is to actually ask what their needs are. So I would say, what do you need from us so that we can show up? Yeah, that's a good point. And you, 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 brought, you sparked something for me thinking about it because when I was a kid even, it was like, it was the people, it was when I felt respected is when I felt like when someone treated me like an adult. Yeah. That's when I, but when they babied me and they talked to me like I'm a little kid, I didn't, I hated it. I hated mm-hmm. it. I liked it when someone's like, Hey, Lance, how's it going? Like, you want to come sit with the guys? Sure. Okay. I felt like I, I that's what I loved. I just went yes. back to being a little kid there. Yeah. Like, feeling of like, Hey, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm a human. Like I'm not a little baby. Like, I don't need to be talked down to. Like, mm-hmm. talk to me. And that's when I have kids. I say that now, but I'm going to do my best to talk to them like, like, just like, because they're so smart. Now, I'm not, I'm talking like even earlier than, than teens. Like, we just assume that because they're young, that they're, they don't know anything, not know as much or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're just, they're just kids. They're just teenagers. Actually, they're absorbing more than we are. Yeah. Like, we need to talk to them, if anything. Yeah. We need their help. We yeah. need their help. <laughs> yeah, well, there are teachers. I, there are yeah. teachers. Exactly. And yeah. and going back to like like indigenous community and traditional like living, it is especially our generation. Our our responsibility and our position is to to listen and learn from our children, like from their their like youthfulness and their ability to be present in the moment. Plus they're, they are sponges. Like they, they know they have an intrinsic wisdom that we should be connecting to. And then with our elders, it's like honoring and listening to what their life experiences have taught them. So we don't relive the same mistakes or mistakes, but also we do what worked, you know? So I I think the answer again, just a big point for me that, that came up was, was like asking and involving them in the conversation. Cause when someone speaks to you as though you don't know what's best for yourself, you, they're not trustworthy. Mm. Yeah. You know, like when someone came to, to my high school, I I can only remember one guy that really impacted me and he was a Canadian heavyweight boxer. I forget his name. His done, his, his son died of a heroin overdose and he came and talked about it and he was toured and he told the whole like, detailed story about his son's experience with addiction and heroin. And I was just like moved because he spoke to us like a human, yeah, not like somebody that knew any better. He was just like stuff happens and you need to ask for help. Mm. Yeah. The human conversation, the getting at the level that I'm no different than you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Like, you know, I'm just a little bit, I've done this a little longer than you. That's why I'm here. You know, and that's doesn't mean that you won't be here. You know, I would hope that, you know, I'm this much older than you. I would hope I would be at this point by now. Right. But I'm the same. And that's really the thing too. It's like, it's the relatability, which helps people listen and helps people want to open up. And 
if you can't relate to somebody, then why would anybody listen? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's being able to just kind of like break down those barriers that keep us separated, thinking that we're all different. Right. Which in, in the men's work as well, like that exposing and sharing your honesty and your story and your journey is what is relatable. Right. So I think that goes, um, yeah. If we're speaking to any generation, like being able to be like, this is what got me into trouble. This is what I learned. This is what I experienced. Like it wasn't pretty at times. And this is what worked. Like I'm sharing this story because I would have loved to hear it when I was my age. Yeah. Or at least been open to taking it in because I'm yeah. sure there was people telling stories like this that we didn't really care about. Right. <laughs> right. Like yeah, there's always, there's always people talking. There's always people talking. Like you're going to, you know, you got this one opportunity and, you, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It'll always be. Yeah. Like yeah. Right. Is it the weekend yet? It's the delivery. It's the delivery of the person. You can hear the same thing five times. And if the, like one person can connect with you, man, like, yeah. Context, context versus content. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you, man? Where can we check you out? If somebody wants to learn more about everything about you and what you're working on. Yeah, man. Um, we've got, our website, the veritifoundation.org. And we've got Facebook, the Verity Foundation and Instagram. Check us out on there, message us. We've got an epic program called The Edge, which is for, uh, it's a closed container men's group. It's all about creating healthy masculine leaders in our community to do this work. That's starting up in August, The Edge 2.0. So um, check us out, subscribe to the newsletter, We'll send information on the launch of the podcast, which we're really excited about, Timeless Talks, and all the stuff that's, all the yummy stuff that's about to come. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you for coming on here. You know, this, I've been wanting to have this chat for a while and there's, you're doing great work, like, and it's so needed. And, and just, just want to say, man, like, keep it up, keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's just so important. <laughs> like it's, Thanks man. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's changing <laughs> my life. Like it's pushing me to new levels and, yeah. and uh, I appreciate you saying that because I, yeah, I respect what you're doing as well. Dude, it's thanks, man. It's, it's, it hasn't been easy, you know, even, you know, having a business and pod, this whole thing is it, the entrepreneurial journey is tough, brother. Like it's not, it's definitely not all sunshine and rainbows. It's yeah. really challenging, but it's rewarding and I'm growing and I'm loving it and I'm embracing it. I'm far from perfect, far from it. I'm learning that, but as all I can do and all we can do is just get better a little bit every day and be aware of what we're doing and what we're doing wrong. You know, it's like, that's the thing. It's like the simplest things. Like we talked about how we started this, you know, like it's, it's the simplest thing sometimes just being aware and just being on top of you know, getting up early and and sticking to what you say you're going to do, because then that is what you're going to do. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. You know, exactly. That quote really hits me hard. And sometimes I'm like, man, you need to follow this because you're full of shit. Yeah. Right. Integrity. Man. Ourselves is so important. Mm -hmm. Like, and this is the thing. People can post all the motivational quotes they want. But I sometimes I want to say, do you actually apply that or are you just posting yeah. it to, for warm and fuzzies? <laughs> yeah, man. Because embodiment is where the work becomes real, right? Yeah, dude. And there's, there's only a few of the, um, at least the, there's only a few of the influencers that I follow that I know that are like owning it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's somewhere that I, I also want to get better at is really owning it and really like if i'm going to post something it's going to be because i'm living it or i've been through it not just to like look at me i'm posting this but i'm doing something else but that's (laughs) that's life right that's i mean at least people are making the or trying their best but that awareness is important you know and um it's but it's a it's an ongoing thing so dude to wrap up one last question here i could talk to you all day bro i know me too (laughs) Out of all the things that have happened in your life, struggles, adversities, if you could give the audience one takeaway, what is one lesson or what is one, what is the number one lesson that adversity has taught you? Hmm. 
Leave the easy one till the end. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Man, I have learned a lot through adversity, different adversities. And hmm, I want to say that what I've learned through my adversity is I'm capable of way more than I give myself credit for. And I believe everybody is. Mm. So believing that, that this moment and your story isn't what defines you as your choices. So what are you, what are you going to choose now? What are you going to choose for your next step? Mm. Powerful, man. <laughs> Sometimes I got to sit and reflect on the answers because everybody's answer is different, you know? Yeah, there's this, um, I don't know if you've you heard of the Landmark Forum. I've it's heard that, of like, it. It's like a personal development forum. It's been a, one of the longest lasting. It's been around forever. And yeah, um, they do this, they have this saying that um, humans are meaning, meaning making machines which means that we are everything that happens to us. We, we give it meaning. We make it mean something for us. So whether it's you stub your toe and then you're, you're an idiot for doing that, right? Yeah. It has to mean something. Oh yeah. And I truly believe that the less that we can give meaning to things and just experience it, the more joy and peace we can allow in our lives because we, it's, it's our meaning that gets hurt. It's our story that gets affected and emotional. It's not reality. Mm. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. Dude, this Thank is powerful. You. you guys, I'm going to have everything in the show notes for you to check out Simon. Look out for timeless talks. I can't wait to get this thing launched, bro. It's going to be epic. And yeah, guys, make sure to check them out and have a beautiful day. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And if you got value, leave us a review. I love to hear from it. And really important, go check out Timeless Talks. This podcast is going to change the world. And I'm so excited for Simon and the men that are involved in that. So go check it out. Subscribe to that. Leave a review. Most importantly, keep working on growing. Keep loving yourself. And all the best. Catch you next time.